This is Tim Mackesy from Atlanta, Georgia. And this is a re-recording of something I messed up last weekend. <laughs> but it's, it's going to be a better recording, better quality. And the conversation about a month ago, I met a young man named Michael who was referred to me by his girlfriend, who's a speech pathologist. So please in, introduce yourselves. Hello world, I'm Michael. And I'm Mallory. Yay. <laughs> so you guys um, knew each other for so, like five years or something. And then you've been dating for how long? Uh, eight months now. Okay. And when Mallory met you, she had no idea you stuttered. No, yeah, she had no clue. And I was hiding it with everything I had until she told me she was a speech pathologist. And then I used it to uh, kind of woo her. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you're a speech pathologist? I have a stutter. And uh, she yeah, didn't I believe I should have thought of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I I did not believe him when he told me. I thought, mm, he's, you know, he's confused. He doesn't know. Because I had a really stutter. big stutter and um, maybe, maybe coulda, woulda, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, you can help me out sometimes and you, you, it's practice. <laughs> I'm curious how, how, how much did you have to nudge Michael to come in here to meet me? Was it, was it one and done or, or did it take um, a little while? Gosh, I, I don't really feel like I had to twist his arm too much. Honestly, I think it, he, he was just ready to start working on it. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like there was just like one specific day. I can remember he called me and he was just in an awful mood. And I was like, what is going on? And he was like, mm. you know, work was bad. Um, he kept yeah. going on and on. And then he finally just said like, I, what had happened is he had stuttered a lot on the job site that had made him frustrated. Um, and I think he just went in this cycle of feeling mm -hmm. kind of down about it. And I, um, uh, another SLP that I work with had heard about you and, um, she gave me your name and, I, you know, kind of passing along to Michael and it was not less than a week and he had scheduled an eval with cool. you. Yeah. I think he was just kind of ready. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was, it was over like the past five years. I've really been stuttering a lot. And that one day I just stuttered a whole bunch and I was like, I was really angry actually. And I called Mallory and she's like, just go to speech. And here we Sometimes are. Sometimes it takes that tipping point, like the interview that where I stutter severely during the interview or there's a tipping point. Um, so Michael, um, tell us what you do for work and how much you have to talk for work. Yes. So I'm in the uh, construction industry at Port Concrete and uh, I'm a project manager. So I'm always talking to different superintendents, calling people, you know, ordering materials that we need ordering concrete. So I'm on the phone all day long. So, and for the past two years, that's where I've been working. So I've been battling through just calling people and stuttering and having to change my words. And uh, yeah, it's just really been a battle. And, and even I had to go into these meetings with people that are way older than me. And uh, cause I'm, I'm pretty young in the industry mm -hmm. and I just, I just stand up and speak in front of them at a round table and tell them our plans. And, you know, you gotta be precise and cause it's a job site and they want to say, yeah. what date are you going to work? When are you going to do this? And you can't run around it. You have to be direct. And right. Sometimes I 
Oh, I have some big stutters. Right. And then, um, you know, we learned that you had some very specific triggers, your name, mm-hmm. pronoun I, which we use all day long. They say, we say 20,000 words a day. Well, how we're going to say I a hundred, if we're kids, we're going to say like a thousand, right? I want it. And then the WH <laughs> questions, because you have trouble with, with W your last name begins with a W what, why, where, when we would, will. there's like eight kingpin W's. And then some of your subdivisions and job sites had W. So you were overwhelmed by W. You an- anticipated it and then you would call and you would block and put the fillers in uh, 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 that kind of thing. Oh, no. I mean, 100%. And there were times where I would call the concrete play and I'd say, I try to say, hey, this is Michael Wilkes. And I would stutter so bad, I would say one of our guys' names. I'd be like, hey, this is Zach. I'm from JD Concrete. Oh, and wow. then they'd be like, that doesn't sound like Zach, but you know, uh, <laughs> they know who it was, but <laughs> just to get it out. But right. And that was, that was when, when you were very impulsive, but you didn't have any strategies. You didn't have any tools. So we'll, right. we'll get into that later. One of the things that um, I really, when I met you, you told me that you, your diet super specific, you're in training, and then you ran a 50 miler. Please tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a, uh, well, pretty much it was just to get disciplined and the, it was a 50 mile race all through the canyons of Arizona. And uh, it was really the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. And mm. it, uh, yeah, just, it, it, for me, it was just building confidence over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it helps when a person who stutters has something to map over to stuttering. Mm-hmm. And I picked up very quickly that you were very disciplined and organized, goal oriented and willing to run for 12 hours and 20 minutes through the desert. Yes. And I, I mean, I have a big story on that. I can say it now or later on in the episode, but uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it taught yeah. me a lot about stuttering. Okay, cool, cool. We will definitely hear that. Um, so there was a time period when you would ask her to speak for you. Would, would you guys kind of share, cause I know as an, as an SLP, mm-hmm you you have a calling to help right? right and it's a predicament because your boyfriend is blocking and stuttering and avoiding and asking you to help him talk mm-hmm. for him so would you share about that you guys uh sure yeah i'll go um oh gosh well i think you know going from not knowing that michael stuttered to actually seeing and hearing him stutter for the first time um we were together at the chick-fil-a drive-thru and it was a big stutter he was blocking he was groping um and he had to he completely changed his order i didn't know what he wanted at the time where i would have just you know jumped in there and done it so mm-hmm. uh you know i just remember seeing his face and him pulling over and just looking defeated and and thinking like oh gosh like i never i don't want to see him you know look that way ever again it's hard when you care about somebody um so you know from the girlfriend side of it i i don't ever want him to feel less than um because Mm. i love him but then the slp 
side of me thinks, okay, well, we need to start working on some things and, you know, we can practice and we'll do yeah. some strategies, but it, it was just a hard line to kind of toe. Um, I didn't want to mom him or nag him yeah, um, because, you know, no man would like, would like that, but uh, I wanted to help. So that's why I felt mm. like he needed to get some therapy from uh, a third party, <laughs> not, <laughs> not me. <laughs> yeah. You know, in graduate school, most SLPs learn very little about stuttering. Mm -hmm. And stuttering is a unique animal. I've talked to people who are in voice disorders and, and stuttering, and those are the two things that can actually progress and become more severe. Mm -hmm. So if you don't do vocal rest as prescribed by your ENT, you may have vocal cord polyps that have to be removed by an ENT. Stuttering, as we know, can progress and become more severe. And then there's that fight or flight response where I'm avoiding, I start getting teased and bullied and embarrassed, I start avoiding. There's, there's, so there's psychology and speech pathology have to coordinate and integrate because stuttering is a social anxiety. Right. People develop layers and layers of avoidance tricks. And when we met Michael, we made an inventory. We made a list of all the things that you were doing designed to try to not stutter. Mm -hmm. And there was a list of about 10 different things. And that was a month ago. Um, one of them was to look away. You would look away and down and hold stutters for like at least 30 seconds. What have you learned about staying up and associated with your listener? Yeah, the biggest thing I learned about that is just, is, is if you, or if you keep eye contact, then you're just, you're staying present and you can focus on the stutter instead of necessarily what the other person is thinking or projecting your thoughts on them. So, and whenever I would, I ever, or like look away, I was getting so caught up in the fact that I was stuttering and like, Oh, why am I doing this? Instead of yeah. thinking about how can I fix it? Right. Right. I looked away from people till I was at least 25 during stutters and Iaversion I is a significant symptom for those of you who treat stuttering out there. During Iaversion, it's driven by, I don't want to see the reaction of my listener. So I'm projecting thoughts. What kind of facial ex expression are they making while I'm stuttering? So as I'm looking away from my listener, I'm dissociated and I'm projecting my thoughts. So my malware is loaded every time I do it. I'm also going to have a longer stutter on a stopwatch because I'm dissociated. It's almost like a trance. So when we look down, we're like, uh, 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 it can be 30 seconds or more. And then we, it's like we come back to earth. So um, you're doing a great job with that. And thank you. Um, yeah. So. As we mentioned, just the word I, we have to use all the time. Yeah, and that was definitely one of my, or one of my biggest stutters is yeah. hold the yeah. I for, uh, for so right. long. Yeah, so right through it too. Like I could tell he, instead of stopping or, you know, kind of exhaling, he, 
he would get mad and just had that mentality of, oh, I'm going <laughs> to just fight yeah. through this one. <laughs> right. And you, it could have been six eyes, 10 eyes, then another five eyes, and another 10 eyes. So it's not solution oriented. It's not like we'd prefer, like, I, I, I want, you know, where it's just the eye. But mm-hmm. when you're looking away and putting in the fillers, it gets messy in a hurry. So what have you learned about W? Ooh. Oh, yes, yeah, so that's that's another big one is uh, whenever I would go ask a question like what or why is I would always stutter super long on it. And I've realized it's to take the tension out of my throat or uh, like off my lips and just kind of flow into it and just go what or right. why. And just to exactly. slow down my speech because I would try to power through it and take a deep breath and go, <gasps> yeah. And I just I would never get it out. Yeah. So slowing down, speaking on my exhale, and just what? Exactly. Yeah. If you inhale before or during a stutter, it's worse. It's fuel. Mm-hmm. So specifically, you're learning to begin down in your larynx with ooh, like there's two O's before the W. Mm-hmm. When. Wilkes, your last name. And I'm from Wisconsin. When I moved to Atlanta, that word was like a cobra, like my, <laughs> my fear of stuttering on that word. And it was, you know, ooh, 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 ooh. so I'm intimate about W as well. I learned that I never really said a W without several so's. So, so, so what kind of car do you have? I noticed. I never said a W without a string of so's. And, well, and, and to me with the W, it's uh, it's like, like in, in everyday conversations, whenever I'm talking to somebody and they're asking me a bunch of questions, you know, what do you do? Like, you know, what's your name, blah, blah, blah. And then for me, I want to ask them the same questions back, but I'm afraid I'm going to stutter. Mm-hmm. So instead they just ask me a bunch of questions and then I walk away and it's awkward. Like they don't, like, it seems like I don't care about them. But I do. I was just afraid to talk to him. And I mean, mm-hmm. that was a huge issue I've had. Well, th- this is an example of where CBT and SLP come together because there's a fear of W. There's a fear and embarrassment about saying my name. And anticipation is you just said you might avoid being polite and cordial and ask someone questions because you're afraid to stutter on this thing called W. So that's the cognitive part. So you take, you reframe your thoughts about stuttering, take it the meaning away, and then you learn a speech technique. So you have the, you change your thoughts and feelings about it, and then you have a new mechanical pathway. Those together are why you're already doing better with W after just a month. And, that, and that's a big thing to talk about because I, I feel like whenever you, whenever you accept, there's a good one. <laughs> that was a good pullout. Yes. Whenever you. Well, it's whenever I accepted it, then I didn't have to focus on my thoughts anymore, and I could just focus on speaking. Interesting. And, and that's really where everything's sped up for me. Did you say once you accepted it. Yes. Accepted that you stuttered? Yes. So what is it? Okay, now. Accepted, accepted that and accepted how I, or how 
I thought other people people felt about it. Because like I, I heard a quote, it's people aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about what you think about them. And then I was just like, once I thought about that, I mean, it just, it just mm. didn't matter. So I could just start focusing on slowing down and pronouncing my words properly and with our techniques. Yeah. So you accepted your person as stutter. You're disclosing more than you ever did. You're talking about it with Mallory, um, friends and family that you've started to do some things to, to work on your speech. You're doing a lot of phone calls to that you don't have to make, but you're doing them for self-therapy, I call it. It's the same things I used to do. One of my most cray-cray things, when I moved to Atlanta and I had no job, and when I said my, my last name on the phone, my blocks were silent and people would hang up. This is pre-internet. And I would call gas stations and ask for myself. Is Tim Mackesy there? No, who's that? 25 a night minimum. Remember, necessity is the mother of invention. So when you got no money and no job, I'm just calling those gas stations. <laughs> I had my big phone book back in the day. It was like four inches thick with the rabbit eared you know, pages or um, folded over. I'd open it. I had like a Sharpie and I'd run down all the Texacos or the BPs probably calling the same ones every three nights or something. Right. And, and, that, and that's the thing I've learned even this morning with you, I made a call and, uh, and just making those calls with you and then bringing it to the real world. It, uh, I don't know. It just, it's allows me to be intentional whenever I call people. Intentional. So like, I like that. And whenever I'm making the phone calls for work, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, this is practice. This isn't just me making a phone call. Yeah. I'm, practicing and it's the muscle memory just building it over and over yeah and i'm teaching you to suppress the urge to just jump in impulsively into the call when you're filled with anxiety mm -hmm. unless there's flames and you're dialing 911 pay yourself first spend 30 seconds what am i thinking about oh i've stuttered with that person before and well as soon as i call them I'll stutter and I go, oh, there's Tim again, Tim with the stutter. So I'm projecting my thoughts. So you're learning how to figure out what you're thinking that's creating the anxiety, reducing the anxiety, and then executing the call and also using phrasing. Way cool. So then um, your company name begins with J, J, and we were doing glides. Yes. J. How do you turn a J into a glide? So you start from the throat and then push your tongue on the top of your mouth. There's J. You're close. Well, it's just your tongue. Yeah. 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 It's almost like yeah, right? Well, yeah. it's crazy because that is that small little tip this morning, whenever you told me that, it was just J. Yeah. J. Yeah. And then exactly. I feel like whenever I was thinking about J, I was getting stuck and it's but all you have to do is glide the tongue forward. Right. And it releases it. TDJ, TD, KGJ are all plosives on the tongue. Yeah. But you turn them into a glide. Right. So you had a thought about stuttering on the name of your company. That's the, that's what's going on in the mind. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to stutter on the name. 
right? And that creates the anxiety, which was the foundation for it. That's what's underneath the right? Um, I would take the deep breath, trying, thinking mm-hmm. I was relieving anxiety, but it was really just feeling the, the stutter even more. Mm-hmm. And then so now what you were saying before I made the call, I just think how I'm feeling, release the tension, and then think about the glide. And then it yeah. just feels smooth. Mallory, what's it like to watch him using all of these techniques that are both in his in, you know, mind, how to change his thoughts, plus his speech? Is that fun? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's made me so happy just because I feel like he just seems, you know, just a little bit lighter now. I, I feel like he had kept all of that in and, you know, he, he didn't want to seem kind of, you know, less than because he stuttered. Um, and now that it's, it's, it's out and he's working on it. Mm-hmm. I just feel like a little part of him is his free. Now he's not worrying about as much what people are thinking. I love um, that free. Yeah. yeah. And he's um like you mentioned, he's very goal oriented. Yes, um, ma'am. So I, I knew when he started working with you that it was going to be something he was going to succeed in because he pushes, pushes, pushes. Yes. Um, and yes. you know, if he's being coached and he's, mm-hmm respectful of the person respecting the person like you because now he has he enjoys his time with you then i I knew it was going to have some good results so cool i have an expression acceptance is the toll booth to evolution like you have to accept you stutter sometimes i stutter i'm a person who stutters to be able to evolve but remember your inventory the first day, like a dozen things designed to conceal the stutter. So I accept that stutter. I start talking about it. I disclose it. I do fake stuttering. And all of a sudden it's like a rapid, if, if there was healthy weight loss, that's rapid. There's like, you're in this, uh, in a rapid diet of taking weight off of stuttering, if that makes sense because you're changing what you're thinking and feeling and talking all together at once. So there's an old expression. You can drain a bathtub faster than it took to fill it. Mm -hmm. In the last 12 months, I've helped a 52 year old, a 48 year old, even a 73 year old change in six months. So these are like old stuttering habits that go back to early childhood. A lot of it's same old, same old. Once the frame is set, like if I stutter, people think I'm awkward. If I stutter, people question how smart I am. Once that frame is set, those are toxic beliefs. It's like one of those old VHS tapes that just plays and then spins and restarts for those of you as old as I am. Yeah, I think that was a big thing with me too, because like uh, I remember the first time I stuttered was it my sophomore year of college. And on that day, I punctuated it is what we determined. I was like, oh man, I stuttered. And then every time I stuttered after that, I was just filling the tub, filling the tub. God, like, oh man, I stuttered. Like, that's so bad. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, that's been five years now. I mean, just feel it's been overflowing. Right. And then as soon as you said this, it's like, stop thinking about it. And we've been like, the mentality was my biggest foundation. So we just, yeah. And I mean, right. I'm curious as if we asked your mom, if when you were a kid, you went through some pockets of, of, of mild stuttering. She said, I'm just I did, curious. It wasn't, she said it wasn't bad. It was just, I'd have a few small stutters. 
I figured as much because anyone listening would go, wait a minute. This dude says he started stuttering five years ago as, as a young adult with no traumatic brain injury, no stroke, right? So I figure you probably had some bouts of mild stuttering, but then what happened, was it in college? Yes. Yeah. So you had a stuttering event that was traumatic to you, like post-traumatic stress disorder. You punctuate it, remember, you punctuate it, personalize it, becomes pervasive. And then you immediately started developing all these habits, trying not to stutter because the phenomenon was unpleasant for you. Now, this isn't a surprise because I've worked with countless people who have begun to stutter as a result of a car accident, head trauma, and their loved ones come to visit them and they're stuttering because of what's called a, neuro, a neurogenic stutter. Well, if I have no history of stuttering, let's pretend I'm 25 years old, 30, 40, 50, and all of a sudden I have an acute significant stutter. My loved ones come to see me and they, they're overwhelmed with maybe grief. They might cry as they see me talking. And then I go out into public to fill my, my prescription or to try to go out to eat for the first time. And the world reacts to my stuttering and I can quickly develop the thoughts and feelings as though I've been a stutterer for decades, I've seen it um, where people quickly develop these 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 negative thoughts and feelings. It can happen. Um, I, I remember, I mean, for years, I had people that would their eyes would get big when I stuttered or would grin. Um, I had teasing and bullying all through childhood, but. Um, I feel like though his speech was so important to him and this is, you know, pre me. So before I knew him, um, but he's, for those who know him, he can kind of talk his way out of things. He's, you know, he's, what has he yeah, talked his way out of with you? Well, we won't go there. <laughs> this no. is the personal part of the podcast. <laughs> no, but he's funny. Dun, dun, dun. He's, he's likable. He's got a good sense of humor. So I think in his friend group, he was, you know, one of those guys who maybe they get in trouble. He can kind of talk his way out, you know, Oh, we didn't mean it like that. Hmm. Oh, come on. Let's just go do this instead. So I think when he did, you know, like you guys said, he punctuated that moment of disfluency uh, and he kind of lost that part of, or lost that part of himself or he felt that he did, you know, mm -hmm. lost being able to talk smoothly. It really, his ego kind of took a hit because yeah, he, I mean, he, yeah it's, a, it's a good point. That was pretty much like in my head, my entire identity was just, you know, like I wanted to go into sales when I was in college. And that was like my thing. Like I was just good. I thought I was good at just speaking and getting my thoughts across. But whenever I started stuttering, I had a, I thought I had to change my words and I couldn't say mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. And it yep. just kind of flipped my world upside down. Yep. Yep. It can happen. Um, can happen pretty quickly um, for people when they attach a lot to, to the stuttering. If you go back to a kid who's in third or fourth grade, you know, they start, this is the first time they start getting teased and bullied and self-conscious. That whole child can change in a hurry, start, start to avoid. Um, so 
Michael, you've really begun to dive into podcasts about stuttering, and you're mentioning one of them that was very special to you was was Sean Kahn. Yes. Do you do you remember his story? Yes, he, 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 he's the one that spoke at the uh, MLK. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to his podcast, and the biggest thing that I mean spoke to me, I guess, was just his like kind of his openness with it. And just, I mean, being able to go on stage and speak in front of large crowds and just, he just completely stopped projecting his thoughts onto others. Yeah. And he stopped personalizing it. He was like, so what? I mean, you know, I stutter, I'm going to go up here and mm-hmm. I'm doing this for me. And it, it was inspiring. I love it. I love it. Yeah. That was in front of about 1200 people. And he's in his podcast with me. He, he shares the story of, being teased and bullied in high school and cyber bullied, but he stepped up to speak at MLK weekend in Atlanta, maybe four years ago, five years ago, and just nailed it. And that was a, a big, big breakthrough moment. Then he went off to college and now he's working in finance, I believe. So great story. Mallory, um, what would you like uh, speech pathologists to know, you know, to help people who stutter? Uh, I just feel like for me, I I know I've already learned through Michael, I feel like uh, some things just focusing more on, um, you know, your thoughts and behind when you're stuttering, you know, how are you feeling? Taking a moment to kind of connect and be present in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I work in the school system right now. So I'm, I'm working with kids. I have a caseload of about, I think I'm at 47 right now. And I don't have any fluency kids on my caseload. So mm-hmm. whenever I do get a, a fluency kid, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, oh gosh, I need to go brush up on my skills really quick and, mm-hmm. and learn some strategies to, to kind of throw at these kids. Um, it's not something that I'm super confident in. But I love that there's more of an influence on building confidence and kind of tapping into what you're feeling in that moment when you are stuttering. I, I wish I could go back now um, and kind of do some things differently with some kiddos that I've had. Sure. I never wanted to bring too much attention um, mm-hmm. to the stutter because I didn't want to kill their confidence. Uh, so I feel like it's such a hard line to, to walk kind of. Um, I didn't want to make them self-conscious, mm-hmm. but you know, I look back now and think, man, like I, I could have done well, more. I mean, in knowing you all for about a month, it seems like your whole relationship is changing um, Mm -hmm. around, around and through the stuttering because you were, he was asking you to communicate for him. And now it's like totally different. He's, um, he's working really hard. He's disciplined. He's got a skill set, and you're able to witness what he's doing, which, which has been fun for us both. Yeah. I mean, before when we would go out like to eat or something, he would ask me, you know, Hey, we go put our name in. And then he would like walk outside and be on a phone call. And I'm like, well, (laughs) yeah. Could he not have, you know, (laughs) talked to that person after dinner or I'm just being kind of naive or just not Mm -hmm. thinking like, Hey, he didn't want to have to go up and stutter when he said Wilkes or Michael. Uh, It took me a little bit to realize because he wouldn't always stutter around me. Uh, I felt like once we got really comfortable with one another, yeah. I don't know. He just 
was never really disfluent around me. It was more so when there's a lot of ambient noise or he's yeah. ordering on a phone call when he can't see someone's face. Right. Um, so Michael, didn't you say that you would type your name and the table of four or whatever on your phone and hold it up to the hostess? Yes, I would put it in my notes. I'd put, you know, Wilkes, table of four or, or whatever it may be. If I was going to Subway, I would put my order in my phone oh. and then I would just pretend like it was too loud or whatever. I just give them the phone. Yeah. And they'd, be, they'd look at me funny, but I mean, it works. So. Yeah. <laughs> but um, thankfully, I don't, I don't have to do that anymore. So I used to point to the menu and then the server would squint. And they would say what I was pointing at and I would smile and they were like, Oh, do you want that? I'm like, uh-huh. I thought that was really <laughs> slick. I thought that was really slick, but you know, yeah, I've, I've done the same thing. And, and that's brings up another point. It's like, it's like hmm. just day-to-day life, like going to a restaurant, sitting on the corner and people will be like, I want the corner. I'm like, no, 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 I'm sitting here. And the reason why is because I didn't want to talk over them and I could point to the menu and be like, yeah. And yeah, Another thing is if someone was ordering it or they, someone was ordering a drink and Mallory gets, I don't know, uh, what do you get? Some kind of wine. And then yeah. they'd come to me and what do you want to drink? I'm like, whatever she got. And I wouldn't even know what it was. I, just, I didn't did, want it. wouldn't like it. Yeah. That's, like that's it. kind of spooky there, man. Yeah, but I couldn't say what I wanted. So yeah. I mean, oh, I thought I couldn't. And I didn't want to jump in and be like, oh no, he'll have the, you know, I didn't want to make him feel like less of a man, but- yeah, well, um, that one I've heard multiple times from adults wanting to sit at the corner because like if you're at the corner, the server might come and you can kind of speak just to the server. But yet if you have to speak over the table for everyone to hear, these are things if you don't stutter, this doesn't cross your mind. Oh, no. But if you stutter, you'll have these criteria such as speaking over other people at the table to communicate with the waiter, um, you freak out or ambient noise, or I walk up to the counter to speak to somebody. And all of a sudden the manager comes up behind and starts communicating with the employee. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, now there's two listeners. There's two <laughs> instead of one at um, Starbucks being surprised when when the, the barista asks for your name, when you didn't think the barista was listening to your order, all of a sudden it goes, can I have your name? Because they just want to speed up your service, but you weren't ready to say your name. Yeah, and that's, or, and, yeah. And that's another thing I would avoid. I wouldn't go to Starbucks or Chick-fil-A or back in the day because they would always ask for your name. Yeah. And I always stuttered on my name. And now everyone does it, but I would always avoid going there. Yeah, we can have specific, um, like, I'm more successful at Wendy's than Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. So this is where you have, like, specific phobias, word sound phobias. Um, do you want to share your metaphor for the 50 miler? Because you said you had, you learned yeah. something about yourself and stuttering through your run. Yeah, so going back to the 50 miler, I said it was just, like, to me, it was much more than a run. Because I truly believe that if someone else has done something, then I can do it or you can do it or anybody can. And that relates to overcoming stuttering, you know, running a 50 miler or just starting a business, whatever it may be. 
And for that race to me, it was like, it was confirmation. And I called it my confirmation day. And uh, so I had, from the day I signed up to the day I ran the race, it was 36 days of training. And the furthest I had ran ever in my life was 15 miles. So on paper, like I shouldn't have been able to finish that race 15 to 50 within 36 days. And not on flat pavement. Oh no, it was all through canyons. I mean, it was, I think it was 7,900 feet of elevation change. And at some points you're on all fours. Like it was a tough race. And, uh, wow. at mile 20, I remember at the race, I was, I had my hands on my knees and I was just, I mean, I was exhausted. My body was an excruciating pain. I was dehydrated and I was like, I can't go any further. And I was like, I can't do this. But if I would have listened to my body, I wouldn't have made it. Like there's no shot. Wow. But it was just a, a mindset shift and I accepted the pain. I was like, yeah, you just ran 20 miles. This is the furthest you ever ran. You, I accepted it. I was like, yeah, you should be dehydrated. Mm-hmm. I accepted that. And then all of a sudden I wasn't tired. I, I didn't feel thirsty. That's wild. And I, I just ran. That's and wild. I say that because like it's, it was just all the mindset. And from that 20 miles, I still had 30 miles left, which is seven hours and wow. you can so quit I, or do seven more hours. Yes. And well, well and it went from, mm-hmm. from, okay, I'm going to run seven hours to let's tone it down. Let's just run to the next tree or the, or the cactus. Cause it was an Arizona oh, trick in your mind. So I'd run to the cactus. And then once that didn't work, I was broken down even more. I'd be like, just one more step, just one more step. And I just, I was, I was to be truthful, I was yelling it out loud. There's nobody around I was in the desert. I was like, just one more, just one more. And then I broke it down even more. I was like, forward is a pace. Forward is a motion. Just do not stop. Wow. I say that because seven hours later, I crossed the finish line. And the moral of the story is that nothing, there's nothing in this world that your mind cannot overcome. Hmm. And all it takes is his patience and persistence. And then, so if you have a stutter, it's not, you aren't born that way. It's not a, in doomsday it's just just you know work through it and just never quit just mm-hmm. be persistent and and take your and just change your mindset around it yeah so we can be born predisposed to stuttering like it runs on my dad's side of the family so there's genetics cooked in there i think one of the key things you're saying here is um that if you set your mind to it you can have a breakthrough And I have had the joy of helping first responders, firefighters wanting, wanting to be a fighter fighter and interview in front of six firefighters to get the job, people going to nursing school, medical school, law school, pilots, military academies, where they have a really high expectation for what they want to do with their speech. And I think it's important for speech pathologists meet the person where they are. If they say, I am going to be starting medical school and I am terrified of stuttering. And I just helped somebody last fall at Emory. They They have an an actor, a fake patient sitting in the bed, and you have to go up and interview. You have to read their 
their medical history and interview them. Well, as you're being interviewed, your peers also in medical school are watching and your professors grading you and they're videoing it. If you're a person who stutters and you just moved to Atlanta for medical school and you're going to be in that Mm fishbowl, you're freaking out. Maybe this person was, and I'm going to meet that person where they are. And there's an expression. The map is not the territory. I'm not going to put my map on their territory. And some people might address that medical student and say, just accept you stutter and stutter through the phenomenon. Like there's nothing else than that. But if this person wants to uh, rapidly work on changing their thoughts that are bringing to me their office, their fear and anxiety, and then work on, on some mechanics of speech. If that is their personal mission statement, I'm going to work my best to do that. And I know you have very high, high ex- expectations, which are great. Um, you're developing a completely new purpose. Instead of trying not to stutter, you're trying to break through any wall, whether it's calling and saying your name, speaking in a job meeting that's, or a disagreement. If your company's behind their, their deadline and someone's getting nasty on the phone, you know? Well, that's another thing too, that like, I, I mean, I don't think that, or I mean, maybe so, but, but it may never be perfect. If you have a stutter, like you may never yeah. be completely fluent. And that's how I used to think. And now it's just, it's just all change of perspective. I mean, yeah. Now, if I can break down a, a long stutter, I get super excited. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a great phone call. And uh, I don't know. I just, I mean, it, just, it takes a, the weight off of you. Just and that is okay. I, um, I could not say my last name on the telephone for a decade. I would get, I had my blocks were silent and people would, would hang up on me. Mm. Still, I mean... I've been speaking pretty much at the capacity that I do for 20, 25 years. Every week that my last name comes out on the telephone, I, I kind of grin because it was such a hot mess. Um, and you can look at stuttering like a, like a chess match, right? Um, I have to go to the courtroom and be deposed because one of my clients was in a head injury in a car accident. And there's a lawsuit because at age 45 with no history of stuttering, she's now stuttering and can't hold employment, da, da, da. So I'm going to be deposed. The uh, attorney, both attorneys, both counsel, a court, court reporter, it's all on video, everything. You know, that's like a chess match where I've got to put together thinking, feeling, and talking. And I enjoy playing that chess match. Um, so we're, we're very, very much alike with that. Um, and that's, I guess, just to piggyback off that, that's yeah. with me, it's uh, like to you, it's the chess match. And to me, I'm, just, I'm a huge goal setter. Yeah. So for me, it's just like every day, it's just a small little goal. Like, okay, make this phone or go up to the store and say JD concrete and, you know, use your gliding yeah. method. And that's just a small win for me. And that makes, that makes it kind of fun in a way. 
That's except- how I was. That's how I was uh, at about your, your age. That's exactly how I was. I had the audacity to work at the front desk of a major hotel, pre-internet, checking in, checking out people and getting the phone in front of strangers and full immersion into talking. Um, Mallory, is there anything else you want to add to just watching Michael changing? Uh, just that I'm super proud of him. Um, mm. I kind of told him earlier, uh, you know, Michael, he's, so he's a big goal setter and he mm. just posted on his Instagram. He shared, you know, with his friends and, and family that follow him that he does stutter. Yep. And you know, he got a lot of response back that, like, oh, you know, no way, man. Like, no, you don't, you, you know, mm. no one knew because he'd kept that part of his life so private. Yeah. Um, uh, he's really big into the the physical things and, you know, he's a healthy guy. He works out all the time. He does things like run 50 miles for fun, which I would never, <laughs> you know, never do. I mean, he did it because mm-hmm. it was a goal. So I feel like he's just gotten his control back. Like he was mm-hmm. so focused on the physical things in his life, you know, like wanting his body to be in the best shape because he felt like he had control over that. Interesting. Um, yeah. And he didn't feel like he had control over his stutter, but now that mm-hmm. he's learned some things and techniques um, mm-hmm. to help with that, he's, he's feeling like he's getting that back. So I feel like he's getting mm-hmm. another little piece yeah. of himself. Um, and it's been fun to watch him, especially yeah. when we go out now and he says, don't worry, like I'll, whatever, if I stutter, I'll just, whatever. I don't have to be there right by, you know, by him. Yeah. Now. You recently had a moment when you were going out to eat, to order, and he said he almost asked you and then he went no i got this that was a that was a really important moment for the two of you so somebody who is listening might be going okay so they're a month in um it's not so obviously there's there's still work to do michael wanted to do a podcast and part of it was this thing called disclosure Um, so here he is just four weeks in and he is posting stuff on Instagram about stuttering, doing little videos and stuff. It's, it, it's a, uh, a a catharsis for Michael, you know, get it out, get it out. I can't believe I had so much energy attached to it. So disclosure, it's interesting that whole list of things that we were doing, trying not to stutter, disclosure is the opposite, right? So um, that's really why we're here today. And that's that's one of the biggest tips I have for anybody that does stutters. Just if it's not, if you don't want to tell the world, is tell your best friend and tell your tell your tell someone really close to you. And whenever you tell them, I promise their reaction will not be what you expect. It'll be ten times better, and mm-hmm. you will feel ten times better. And it's a lot more light on your that feet. That is an awesome, awesome tip for anybody. Stuttering is not what we, you know, it, we put so much meaning on it, like stigma. And we'll find out that our world around us who supports us, you know, they, they just don't see us see us that, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so future directions for Michael who is in investing too. Yes. 
just uh, really my future consists of just continuing to work on my speech, slow down and uh, get more into sales because that's, you know, been a dream of mine and I've held off on it because I did stutter. And I, in, in my mind, I thought, how can I do sales if I can't even speak? But now it's just, it's mm-hmm. more of a game. And that's, uh, that's the direction I want to head. Mm-hmm. Well, this is great. You know, again, one of the biggest themes as here's somebody who's just, you know, ready, just opened up telling the world he stutters and, and, and having fun with the process and um, putting all the tools together. So I'm convinced you're going to do great. And Mallory, do you, do, do you agree? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. Oh, he's going to, he's going to be a phenom. <laughs> yeah. So next, next March, <laughs> next March, I'm going to run that 50 miler in the desert. Hey, I'll do it with you. I'll go support. <laughs> I'll support you guys. <laughs> so you'll, you'll be 12 hours. I'll be 12 days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you for your time this evening. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. It was an honor. Thanks. (laughs) Bye.